0: I don't think there's a week I'm on the hospital service where I don't use fentanyl. Uh, Opioids as a drug class are one of medicine's greatest marvels, and that's the problem with this epidemic. We've been so busy pointing our fingers and making enemies of the drugs, we're forgetting to fight for the people that are uh, affected by them.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us. Today on the show, we have Dr. Holly Geyer. She is one of the authors behind Ending the Crisis, this book going beyond the history and causes of the opioid epidemic. And this is this originally was from an initiative that was spearheaded by the Mayo Clinic, correct, uh, Dr. Holly?
0: That is correct. Uh, this book was really born out of our Opioid Stewardship Program initiatives, where we've tried our best to get communication out to patients on when, why, and how we use opioids, and then ultimately build around the structure in our institution to make sure that they're offered to patients safely.
1: Well, Dr. Holly, can you frame some of the data um, up to date right now? What exactly is the opioid crisis? Is it a crisis? What does it look like right now?
0: Oh, goodness. You know, if we called it a crisis a couple years ago, I can only imagine the wording we could use for it now. Um, back in 2016 to 2018, we recognized as a society that we had a big problem on our hands. And we went whole, uh, uh, whole hog to try and address it from a national, from a federal, from a state perspective with numerous laws regulatory changes. And you would think despite all of those aggressive efforts, we would be out of this mess. Um, The answer couldn't be more reversed. In 2020, we saw a 30% increase in opioid-related overdose deaths across our nation. In 2021, it was up another 15%. Um, If these trends continue, I don't know if we're going to have another generation.
1: Well, when we're trying to use some detective skills to figure out what what led into this crisis and how it still perpetuates, if we think about all the different reasons of the opioid crisis as a spider web, what are some of the threads that are connected?
0: Um, You know, I think if we look at it from a big picture perspective, none of us are as guilty as all of us. Every part of society probably could have done a better job to keep us out of this. You know, we in the medical community certainly recognize a significant role we played in all of this with over prescribing, lack of screening, lack of patient education. And then we've got the federal government who tied insurance of patient satisfaction with um, pain management to funding back to us. With healthcare institutes being so underfunded, if our patients weren't happy, we weren't reimbursed. And so there's one more problem. And then, of course, there's the pharmaceutical industry with massive campaigns on the benefits of using opioids for acute and chronic pain management with the supposed um, history of low risk of addiction in the literature and we know the exact opposite so putting this all together our side of the world um, had a lot of responsibility but of course there's the patient aspect right did patients ask the right questions did they take our voice at value and should they have that's what this book is about skipping the middleman, and making sure that the education that I, as a physician, am privileged to is in the hands of the patient every day to know how to use opioids safely, when to use them, how to store them, how to destroy them, and then what to do if they develop addiction.
1: So we're thinking about change at the, at the patient level then, of, of how to give the patients the right knowledge and the tools so they can make the difference, and that's going to be the, the only real way to change this crisis, this pandemic?
0: We believe it. You know, for so long, um, we've relegated the responsibility of managing this crisis into the hands of third parties, right? The federal government will uh, regulate us out of it, or physicians will prescribe us out of it, or treatment programs will rehabilitate us out of it. And the data is just not showing those interventions as being efficacious, or at least to the degree that we need to turn the tides of this epidemic I would imagine our listening audience this morning um, had a very low likelihood of putting their hands on a hot stove, right? (laughs) And there's a reason. Um, We recognize very early on in life that um, touching a hot stove is likely to lead to consequences. That is the baseline kind of knowledge that we want in this book to be in the household of every American, to really have knowledge before they ever encounter an opioid of how to prevent consequences and how to deal with them so they can help themselves and loved ones.
1: Well certainly working together as as a family and re, and recognizing if somebody in the family has a uh, an addiction to an opioid um notoriously opioids take away the free will of an individual that does use so it really is coming together and trying to help out each member a, as as smaller units rather than as a, a, a government trying to federally solve the issue from top down we need to go bottom up
0: You're absolutely right and I think families have historically been very shy and lack the resources to understand how to empower themselves to take the interventions necessary, and it's difficult, right? I mean, we're asking them to navigate the healthcare industry, to navigate the insurance industry, the treatment program industry. Th- these are worlds among themselves. What we wanted to do is put these tools in the hands of individuals so that they feel. Uh, comfortable with addressing addiction in loved ones, and then, of course, supporting them through it and offering treatments, resources, and an understanding of the boundaries that need to be in place to get these people the recovery they
1: need. Dr. Holly Geyer is the author of Ending the Crisis, about the opioid epidemic. Uh, Holly, some of the the issue is a lot of people are very hypersensitive now to the word opioid or any sort of opioid products, but I mean, just fentanyl being an example invented in the late 50s and been used in hospitals in the early 60s. Fentanyl revolutionized the amount of surgeries and the efficaciousness of surgeries in the use of surgical rooms. How do we try to balance the helpful beneficial effects of opioids with the fears of their potential addictiveness?
0: I don't think there's a week I'm on the hospital service where I don't use fentanyl. Uh, opioids as a drug class are one of medicine's greatest marvels, and that's the problem with this epidemic. We've been so busy pointing our fingers and making enemies of the drugs, we're forgetting to fight for the people that are uh, affected by them. When an opioid is used in the right patient, at the right dose, for the right indication, and the right length of period, I believe opioids are probably one of medicine's greatest marvels. When used outside of those safety nets, they're causing statistics. So you're absolutely right. You can find many of these drugs on the streets and they will kill. But in our environment, I can't imagine going through a procedure or surgery without them.
1: Holly, there is um, there are quite a few examples of personal stories within this book that you included, and it seems like no matter how many times you throw out numbers or stats about the amount of people that are affected by opioids, personal stories seem to have a bigger emotional impact. Do, do you think that's essential to telling this story about the crisis?
0: Oh, it's so key. You know, there's such a stigma around the concept of both opioids and people struggling under their addiction. Um, The reality is I don't want people to feel like they're trapped. These stories are there to empower them. They're stories of hope and they're stories of a very harsh reality for others. Know that you're not suffering alone and be comforted that there's people next to you that are willing to support you through this process if you look for them.
1: Holly, how should somebody use this book? If they figure out this is an issue that really is important to me, I have family members. How can they use some of this knowledge to positively impact those around them?
0: I think that the average person will find this book more of a compendium than anything else. It was written in conjunction with two world-leading patient education specialists who've written it at the patient and family member level. And it's written in such a format that when you pick it up and you have a very specific question about opioids, you should be able to turn to that chapter and find your answers. Not many people may read the book from beginning to end, and that's not why it was written. Let's get people the answers in real time in clear, understandable language to make the interventions they need in their lives.
1: Dr. Holly Guy, your author of Ending the Crisis. Holly, where can people find out more about you or obtain the book?
0: Absolutely. Um, MayoClinic.org has a lot of information on opioid use disorder. And like I mentioned, I partnered with many colleagues to help draft this uh, information. Um, the book itself can be found on virtually any website now that sells uh, books. So it's widely available. And um, just do a quick uh, Google search for Ending the Crisis.
1: Holly, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Pleasure to be with you.
1: Dr. Holly L. Geyer, author of Ending the Crisis, an addictive medicine specialist at Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona. The following interview was originally recorded January 19th of 2023.